Gonzaga Nation SI with your two hosts. I'm Dan Dickow alongside the Chelsea soccer fan, Adam Morrison. Before we get into uh, talking about St. Mary's and, and that performance, we've talked about soccer in the past, Mo, but is it FC Chelsea? Is it Chelsea? What is it? Because usually when we record uh, on Zoom, you're behind the you're in front of the banner. I always get confused. Yeah. Uh, it's Chelsea F- FC is what they go by, but uh, it's just a flag I like. We're having a really bad season. We had to change ownerships because of politics, so it's been uh, an interesting <laughs> year. Gotcha. Well, enough about the soccer because uh, I will be honest, I know nothing about soccer, um, but it would be a bucket list thing to go to one of those big-time soccer venues in Europe. I think that would be pretty cool. Let's uh, Let's chat about – that St. Mary's game, um, Gonzaga to extend their WCC dominance of 10 conference titles moving into 11. They had to get the home win for a share of the title. They did just that, although St. Mary's gets the one seed in the conference tournament due to the net rankings. Uh, I thought it was a great performance from Gonzaga. What were your initial thoughts after the game? Uh you know, I was really impressed with the de- uh, defensive strategy that we implored. Uh, I think the one-two-two press was the right move uh, starting the game just to kind of speed them up. Um, you know, and then the job we did on Aiden Mahaney was so much better in the ball screen coverage compared to the last eight minutes down there. Um, I think the precursor to that game was the LMU game with Cam Shelton getting high ball screens and we trapped. And obviously we were very successful at that. So I wasn't surprised that we we did it. Um, because we've seen it before, but I was impressed with how uh, well we executed our defensive game plan. We sped them up. Um, we got going, uh, you know, in transition, but defensively we were flying around doing so much better things. Uh, made it really difficult for them to, uh, you know, get in a rhythm. Yeah, I, I really liked the decision to to go with that one two two press pretty much the whole game. I mean, I I. I'm pretty sure thinking back, it was at least 35, 36 minutes of that game, maybe the whole game. Um, and it sped them up, but it also slowed them down. So it does two things. It speeds up your thought process, but then it slows you down in the half court to get organized. So instead of having to guard, say, six or seven ball screens or post entries and splits con- continuously, it only gave St. Mary's one or two actions to play in in the half court that's so much easier as a defender if you only have to worry about getting nicked by two or three screens on a possession as opposed to kind of running through a gauntlet of screens like St. Mary's usually does. Yeah, no, it's not to create turnovers per se. Obviously, you'll take them, but it's to to limit their time, obviously, on the shot clock. And then, um, like you said, when they get in the half court, um, they've done this in the past, not just with Mahaney, but they run ball screen, ball screen, ball screen with Jordan Ford, Kuzi, you know, in years past where they wait until you make a mistake. And so, you're exactly right. If you only have to go good two or three of them, um, you can do pretty well instead of six or seven of them in a whole shot clock. So I think just going with that 30 press, the one, two, two was the right thing to do. And it really caused them issues. And then we did a good job of, um, you know, d- the trap was really, uh, really good in the ball screen. And we've got to give credit to Drew Timmy. He wasn't very good down there in that last eight minutes in the ball screen coverage, but he moved his feet, um, flew around, uh, up high on the ball screen coverage and really contained and you know our guys on the on the weak side shrink the floor so I was just really impressed with our defensive strategy and our energy it seems like there's somebody off the bench that that steps up each game Hunter Salas has been doing that recently 
Malachi Smith, I thought, was spectacular. 13 points. I think he was five of six from the field, if I remember right. Defensively, he didn't get beat. He, he just seemed to make timely plays. How important is that to, to have multiple guys off the bench that have the ability to impact games like that? Well, it's paramount, especially getting to, you know, February now into March. you got to have guys that can go out and give you 10 to 15 points, not really on the scouting report, you know. So Ben Gregg's had a game like that recently. Obviously, you mentioned Hunter's been great. Then Malachi was a big-time scorer, and he had 13 down there, the same stat line. It was kind of funny, five of six, one of one, I think five rebounds. Uh, same exact game he had um, up in Spokane as well. So he was paramount to our success, and – um, it was a well-balanced scoring game for, you know, most of our guys. But, you know, you got to have players that are not necessarily on the scouting report or who they're not focused on have big games in March if you want to advance. Well, ESPN College Game Day was in Spokane at the McCarthy Athletic Center. It was a tremendous atmosphere. I didn't go because there was no way I was going to show up at 6 a.m. Uh, for a 7 a.m. start of the show. But – 4,000 fans were there for it. The student section was, was packed. It was amazing. And they carried that through all the way to game time tip-off and all the way to the final buzzer. Uh, how impressed were you that day with the McCarthy Athletic Center, if you were? Because I was impressed with the overall performance of the fan base. Yeah, I think it was the best atmosphere of the year. You know, we get one or two of those a season, and this one aligned perfectly with league championship on the line, obviously college game day, then being heated rivalry, they beat us before. So it was like a perfect storm. Um, I thought our students were fantastic. I thought the rest of the crowd was good. Sometimes they, uh, you know, get a little bit sleepy in there and um, they were, you know, hyped and into the game and they understood the ramifications. And then, you know, honestly, it was a good, well-played game from both sides. So it was an exciting game to watch, not just because we won, but both teams played fairly clean. Um, I thought the officiating was decent on both sides. So it was just an overall good experience um, to watch a basketball game. But, yeah, our students uh, especially were fantastic. Well, Drew Timmy made an announcement yesterday that he's done. He's not coming back. There was, you know, some quiet speculation because of the extra year that was granted with COVID that he could be a fifth-year senior. Um, he could make a lot of NIL money, which I'm sure, you know, he discussed with his family, his inner circle. Um, but he, he made that comment now leading into the postseason. So it wasn't kind of bombarding him, I would imagine. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? Because, you know, I, I see it from both sides. He's accomplished so much at Gonzaga. It is time to move on, focus on this last little stretch and make the most of it um, and then get ready to, to, you know, pursue your professional aspirations uh, so I wasn't shocked to see it, but it would have been fun to see him come back for one more year. Yeah, I have the same sentiment. I mean, I think four years is a, is a long time, and he's played all four years. It wasn't like he kind of had a redshirt year or a year where he rarely plays. I, if I remember correctly, his freshman year, he's probably playing 15 to 20 minutes off the bench as the third big. Um, so it makes perfect sense. I mean, obviously the NIL money is always tempting, um, but, you know, he wants to move on and, and go – pursue his professional aspirations, NBA, whatever that may be. So um, I don't blame him one bit for, you know, four years is we're back to normal, I guess. You yes. know what I'm saying? I think, I think after this year, the COVID stuff ends. So we're going to see more traditional four years and then maybe one red shirt year for guys, which I think is the way it should be. Obviously I understand the rule change, but um, it'll be nice to have normal you know 18 to 22 year olds instead of 25 26 year olds playing college basketball <laughs> at some point we have to move on 
Um, but Drew Timmy's had a, a fantastic career and, and um, he has nothing left to prove. So I get that, that part of it too. Um, and so, you know, good luck to him and hopefully he can, you know, take this team on a magical run. Yes. Take the team on a magical run. That would be fun uh, for all involved. I know, um gonzaga's got an interesting scheduling quirk this year usually after the wcc conference season is done they go right to the wcc tournament um, but they had a seven eight day gap between games and so they scheduled an independent chicago state they're not even affiliated um with a league this year they're one of two teams like that um to be honest with you i'm calling the game on tv tomorrow with with greg and richard i haven't done any prep yet uh, I don't know what to expect. I don't know that you have done any prep because I think you'll be at the state tournament watching your daughter. But what do you think the thought process was to, behind adding this game? Uh, I think there's a, there's multiple um, reasons. Uh, the break, the, the time in between was obviously step one. I think not having senior night be uh, college game day. I know that came later, but last game of the season against St. Mary's potentially for a league title. I think all that would have been too much emotional. And if you think back, we've had a couple senior nights when we played BYU and there was yeah. title comfort and we lost. So I think coach few kind of likes to be able to uh, handle that side of it uh, differently. Um, and then also like in different years, not necessarily this year, what if he has like four seniors and he has to, he doesn't start, you know what I'm saying? So like a game like this, you could do the, if there's a couple walk-ons or whatever, start those kids and, you know, not be worried about, you know, give it up a 10 point lead or something. You know, I'm just being <laughs> honest. You don't want to do that against St. Mary's or like a BYU or whatever. Um, so I think that's why he did it. And I, I do agree. Like having that long gap has been troublesome in the past for us. We've come out flat in, um, especially when, when the end, we had the three-game series in the West Coast Conference Tournament. That first game was always nervous, and it was usually an RPI killer. Um, so I think uh, scheduling this game, I know it's kind of a head-scratcher, but if you really go down and go through the reasons why, it makes perfect sense. Awesome. Always love hearing your take. Uh, you're one of the best out there, Mo, so appreciate it. Uh, Gonzaga Nation SI will we'll be back with a second episode later this week where we – talk a little bit about the conference tournament even though Gonzaga has a bye all the way into the semifinals.